Episode 93 of the Severe MMA Podcast is back. And it's a big week for MMA this week. Um, unfortunately, the lads, Nina Pizzi, are on their way home from New York. So I've had to draft in another member of the Severe MMA team to do the podcast with me this week. It's the man, the myth, literally the myth, the legend, Graham. Graham, how are you? All right, Johnny, how are you? I'm not so bad now. I, I can't complain. How does it feel to be putting yourself out there to to the to Johnny Public for the first time? Yeah, well, you, you've been trying to convince me for for years now, so you finally wore me down. I'm glad I did. I'm glad. I did. Are you looking forward to? <laughs> are you looking forward to getting into the nuts and bolts of it? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Before we do that, let's give a shout out to our sponsors, RosNutrition.com, who are Ireland's best leading um, supplement company to have all the best proteins and amino acids everything for sports performance strength and conditioning and they have best creatine uh, products uh, fat loss female nutrition all good stuff like that essential oils um, you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code severe May if you go over to rosnutrition.com and also um, this week they have brand new shakers so any order over uh, 25 euro you get um, a new you get one of the new shakers as your free gift so that's a, a new offer they're doing this week and that's as well as the 25% off with the promo code ROS Nutrition um, uh, or sorry the promo code Severe May at ROS Nutrition.com so as I said all the best proteins you know the way plant-based proteins um, uh, I use the the, uh, the vitamin, multivitamin myself. Uh, I know Andrew used to be a big compo- um, proponent of the um, the BCAAs and stuff. Um, so they, all that good stuff. You know better than me, lads. RosNutrition.com. Head on over there. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code SEVEREMA. RosNutrition.com. What do you think, Graham? Yeah, you got them pretty good at the old uh, Ross Nutrition promo. Promo cutting. I, I like... I think myself and Conor McGregor and maybe Finn Balor and Tord are the three best promo cutters in Ireland. I, th- I think uh, it is, I'm not uh, going to argue with you. <laughs> I think I think yeah. that's how it's listed. Right, so let's. Nobody wants to give away. Let's get straight into the um, the nuts and bolts of things. Uh, UFC 205 went down. Madison Square Garden, one of the biggest fight cards of all time. We're going to get straight into the to the main event. But before we do, the build up. What did you think of the build-up for this fight? Like you, uh, you've been covering this way before me uh, and everyone else, basically. You've been at like all the weigh-ins and stuff like that. I know you weren't there this week, but what did you think of like the weigh-ins and the build-up there and like the the trash talk between Eddie and Connor and like the Traitron and all that? What was your what was your take um, when you added all that together? How did you feel going into the fight? Well, yeah, it was kind of strange uh, not being there fight week, but uh, it was kind of a different experience watching it all from from Dublin. But um, yeah, um, I don't know. The, the final press conference wasn't as good as I think. I didn't think it was as good as I think most people thought it was. Yeah. Um, the chair throwing thing, Eddie kind of threw it towards Connor. I think hoping that it'd be a scene. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it wasn't that calculated, or I don't know. I don't know. It it, it just. Uh, I'm glad he didn't throw the chair, but. Uh, <laughs> But um, I don't know. Uh, uh, um, I don't know. I didn't. I, I wasn't. I wasn't as enthralled in it as uh, as I was with like the Aldo presser and the, the Diaz. And but it was still. It was great fun. And and um, I don't know. I kind of. I think um, the weigh in part of it, like once they weigh in early, 
they've already weighed in. Yeah. I know it's a stare down, but they've just done that the day before with the presser. I don't know. They might have started something out with them with them new ceremonial weigh-ins. I'm not sure if it really works. Maybe it works for like a big Connor fight like this, but for other fights, they kind of seem. I don't know. It's it's a bit it needs weird. to be worked on. I think. Yeah. I don't think that's. Uh, you know, they're not real. Like everyone knows, they're not real. It's kind of like, why are these people standing up there? You know, taking their taking their clothes off, taking their pants off. Like makes no difference. It's kind of you know. It's, I don't know. They're gonna yeah. have. But to some people don't even know that they're not real. Some people are like, "What's going on?" He didn't stand on the scale. You know, people are people yeah. don't. Obviously, the hardcore fans. Most people are probably listening to this know all about it, but a lot of fans that might tune in for a Connor fight week or a Ronda fight week might they don't really know what's going on. They were like we when we posted the, the link for the the official way ins or the ceremonial way ins, people were like, Did they not weigh in earlier? you know? Yeah. It's I don't know, it's a bit strange, but it's better that the fighters get to weigh in early and between a longer period, it's better for them to be uh hydrated for long or less de- not dehydrated for longer periods and it takes away a little bit from the the, the ceremony, the weigh-in ceremonies, but it's better for that fighter, so it's better for the sport. Yeah, did you see uh, Mike Bond put up a thing that, like, in the, like, the six months, I'm not sure if it was six months, maybe it was three or four months or something before, the new weight cutting measures were put in, only one person fa- uh, failed to make weight, and since then, like, 16 have failed to make weight or something? So, yeah, or the 13 or something like that. Yeah, that's one weird. thing I would say about the, the early weigh-ins is, why, why aren't they allowed, if they miss weight, why aren't they allowed weigh-in again in that time period? If yeah, that is weird, isn't it? Strange, because yeah. usually, you, like in the old days, you get an hour or two hours, and now, like with the with the Cerrone thing, they were saying that he, if he had a weight in, I think it was one hundred and seventy three or one hundred seventy four, he would have been able to fight Castellum. Yeah, but he'd already he'd already, he'd already, he'd already he made it. Yeah. So yeah, but it, like in that situation, it's kind of different as well. But I suppose if you, if you missed it by a half pound or something, and you could just go off, lose that half pound real quick, come back, but they won't let you reweigh. It's yeah. kind of strange. Yeah. You might just be a miscalculation. Like, yeah, it's weird. Just on the chair thing as well. We've seen we've seen dodgy scales before. You know, we've seen the scale be different in a in a fighter hotel, and a few fighters come in and miss weight, and yeah, a scale, a rogue scale get blamed. Yeah, that's true. Just on the on the chair thing. So they could change that. On the chair thing as well. I was watching this uh, interview with you know Tony Bellew, the boxer, and he he made like a good point. He was like, he was never going to throw the chair. He picked up the chair and he dropped the chair. <laughs> you can see it on on embedded. It was obvious. He's like, oh no, I'm not going to throw this one. <laughs> Gonna charge his chair, he's like, uh, from like yeah, the yeah. second I think he said himself, he got flashbacks of being on that phone call yeah. with Pat Lundvall and the, the <laughs> NSAC. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it was funny. But, um, anyway, the fight night, I thought Ellie Alvarez looked very, very, um, nervous to be honest. And I'm not a big one, you know, if people listen to this podcast, they know I'm not a big one for mm. the mind games and stuff. I know you're a little bit more of a a man for that sort of thing. But I thought Eddie Alvarez looked very, very nervous. You know, he usually does he's like his next swirling thing and things, but I don't know. He just the way he was kind of roaming around the ring and he just he, I don't know, it looked like the moment got to him. Like I know I, I wish I've talked to you about it before, but like there's there's a big there's a big thing like getting into big fights like that. And you know, some people some people love it and some people, you know, when they get there they they absolutely, you know, they take it in and they make the best out of it and they fight their best ever. You know, you see it even at like Olympics and stuff like that. People have like the best, you know, the best performance of their career when they get to the big stage. But some people kind of tend to wilt a little bit. And like in MMA as well, like a lot of these guys, even even McGregor himself now, he's maybe an outlier in that, but like you'll be able to tell people like he fought in halls in front of what probably like fifty or sixty people. Like Eddie Alvarez is probably the same. You know, coming up, 
Eddie Alvarez, they called him the underground ranking. You know, he fought in good places like in Japan and in Bellator and stuff, but nothing was ever, ever like this. And I think it might have, I think it might have got them a little bit. Well, I think, I think it's fighting Connor is different than fighting anybody. Yeah. The, the, like, the fans were, even before the Connor fight, were singing, waiting for the Connor fight, singing Olay and singing the fields of Attenborough. And it's just, a, it's a different atmosphere than, than when somebody else fights. And Connor's been there now, what, like nine, ten times in the UFC. Well, maybe not in that big, seven, six, seven times on the on a huge fight. So he's he's experienced and he's already thrives under pressure. Like he already is is an outlier like that. Like that he he enjoys the pressure and and I don't think the I think Eddie Alvarez and maybe even Aldo and they they think they think they won't be affected by the by the pressure, but because they they've been in the UFC before, they fought and fought the crowds before. They think they fought in like but then it's it's a different kind of hostile when when you fight connor yeah and, he, and he, he as well he as well is always is always uh trying to put doubt into into the fighter's mind yeah like even the wins like <laughs> there's more people at the wins than at most fights like you know it's it's, it's insane but i suppose on the fight it's selling them free tickets outside yeah they are yeah i saw that it's fucking madness like yeah it's fucking insane but on, on, i suppose on the fight itself I think it went very much as I as I thought it would go. To be honest, um, I thought McGregor. Yeah, yeah I, I remember I asked McGregor on the uh, on the conference call how like how he was going to fight, basically, which I kind of knew he wasn't going to answer. But I think the way he said he, he paints many different pictures was actually a fairly appropriate answer. Looking back at it, um, I thought he came out. He put the pressure on early, and although Eddie Alvarez like the first maybe. 30, 40 seconds of the fight did pretty well. I thought he was, he was, McGregor wasn't, wasn't having that much success pushing him back, cutting off the fence. Eddie was kicking him with nice shots uh, and, you know, get, getting McGregor backing up a little bit by throwing his big bombs. But then McGregor started teeping the body. He started he, uh, changing senses. And obviously that big, that one big shot that knocked him down changed the whole fight. And it was never the same against that. But look, uh, I think, like simply put, McGregor's ability to cut off the cage, and I know I said there, he Alvarez did well early. You know, it was always going to happen, and I think that's very hard for people to deal with because they don't like. I think people don't realize that it's not just tough to to box up someone like that. It's also if you're a wrestler, it's tough to get takedowns from the back foot like that because McGregor's in control of that range. You know, the way he fights as well. You know, he's like light on his feet. He can move in or out as as much as he wants. And if he sees you coming for the takedown, he's faster than you. He knows he's lighter on his feet and he can just pop straight back out because I think Tyron Woodley actually made the great point as well that if he doesn't have his back against the cage, like if he's in the center, you know, if you have your back against the cage, you maybe have like, uh, you know, two or three feet to move backwards. Whereas if you're against someone who has their back against the cage, you've like 50 feet behind you to move the whole way back uh, the other side of the octagon. So that's what McGregor had for the whole, for the whole start of that fight. And that's how he set everything up. Yeah. I think the most success that he had was literally the, the first 30 seconds with the leg yeah. kicks. And maybe he must've hurt his foot or leg on one of them. Cause he just stopped. Maybe, maybe it was one, one that hurt him, not hurt him like badly or anything, but just kind of made him hesitant about throwing the the leg kick again, or maybe it was just the he had to worry about the left hand and the the, the big strikes coming at him and the pressure game, Connor, and trying to trying to get off the cage and he just had his mind elsewhere. It's hard to know, but once you, once your mind scrambled as well from a big shot like that, it's it's 
as he said, he had a game plan and he went away from it. And I'd say he went away from it because he was in in a survival mode, basically going back to what he knows. Yeah, I actually don't think he went away from it that much, though. Like, he did. How many takedowns did he have? Maybe he had three or four in the fight. In like, what, what was it? Eight minutes of the fight. That's that's not mm. bad. Like, he he had lots of counter shots. <laughs> the, the thing about it is, like I said it in my previous one, it's speed that's gonna win the fight for McGregor, and it really was. Every time Eddie Alvarez threw a punch, he nearly got knocked down. Like that's how that's how much McGregor's speed and obviously his power as well. Um, won him that fight. I, you know, I thought it was just pitch perfect display you know we have a few questions about it later on and people are asking was it one of the one of the best championship performances ever from a challenger coming in uh, in the UFC and I think it was you know the only one other one I can think of is TJ Dillashaw against Inambarao but it was just you know pitch literally a pitch per- perfect performance uh, from McGregor it was a, if you watch the fight as well watch it back he, the gorilla on his chest got hit more than he did because every time Alvarez threw a big shot at him, he just stepped back and he was like two inches out of the way. So it just went down and he just hit, he punched the gorilla straight in the chin about 10 times. <laughs> so that was, a, that was a, a good thing for him. Like his, his defense is always a thing people may be worried about a little bit, but I think it's, it's improved a lot, um, an awful lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think, I think, um, I think Eddie just, it was, it's a, it was a terrible style matter from the start. I know people yeah. talk about Eddie being this wrestler, but uh, it, it, people are talking about that Pettis fight, I think, mainly when they say that. And we all know about Pettis' uh, lack of take-down defense. People like to accuse Connor of, of having bad take-down defense, but like Pettis, he's got very good jiu-jitsu. He'll pull guillotines, but he won't necessarily always get them, Like, and he'll end up on, on the ground. And uh, I think Connor's a lot better of a grappler than, than people give him credit for. Like I've seen him spar hundreds of rounds and I, I know he's really good on the ground like I, I, he was like hanging with Nate no problem in the first round of the the first fight and I think the tiredness did it and, it, and he, he just want to make excuses about that but there was, a, there was he was he wasn't well he wasn't very well for that fight and um and I think uh I think his grappling is a lot better than people than people give him credit for um and I think like the way he, he can completely drum and dominated the ground against Eddie Obviously, Eddie was had been dropped at that stage, but that's that's the game. Like you gotta, that's that's MMA for you. But um, yeah, it was it was always a tough matchup for Eddie. It, he, yeah, he he can't. He was maybe he could have against the fence earlier, but like you know, it's much easier said than done. Connor's pushing the fight from the first second and pushing you around the cage and. If if you rush in for a sloppy takedown, you can see what happened with Chris Weidman and Yo Romero. You know, you see what happened with Cyborg and Michael Venom Page. Like you have to set them up. You have to set the shots up. And Connor doesn't yeah. let you set the shots up. He's never there to be taken down. I think that's the most important thing to to know going into this fight. Like I saw a lot of people saying that you know Eddie Alvarez didn't you know didn't um put out his game plan or didn't try to do it. he he did try like there's like uh, i've been watching mma a long time now and i break down a lot of fights i don't know what you do when you're met with pressure like that what do you do like okay you can you can throw big counters uh from the back foot like i see wonderboy does it does it pretty well which we'll get to that on but like he fights with like combinations of his hands if you do that against mcgregor you're going to get knocked out and that's you know that's what happened to eddie alvarez he's He's a tough, you know, he's such a tough, tough one. Like, you have to stop him from doing it. You like, you have to prevent this. You have to get straight in his face and take him down straight away. I think, like, uh, maybe, maybe Eddie could have. Uh, it's obviously in hindsight, it's it's easy to say. But uh, do you remember the Cain Velasquez uh, JDS second fight? 
And yeah. the, the whole first half of the first of the first round, Kenny Velasquez was literally jumping at ankles and jumping at legs, and he looked yeah. silly jumping at takedowns. But then he finally got one, and he slowed JDS down by top pressure and ground and pound. And then the second round, he didn't have that quickness. He was able to come down quicker. It's kind of like what Ben Askren does. He doesn't mess around on the feet. He just tries to get a hold of you and get you down. And he's not even trying to... He doesn't mind if he falls on his face. He'll get up and try another takedown. Maybe that would have been the better plan. But obviously, it's easier to say afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, where do you think McGregor goes down now as not only like the... Okay, we, we'll go first pound for pound in the world at the moment. Where do you think he ranks? I don't know. The whole pound for pound thing, I talked to you about it a good bit. Like, it's yeah. it's... It's very hard to uh it's hard like there's no there's no criteria for <laughs> there's no like specific criteria laid out for how to judge it so it's all it's too subjective yeah but um like connor like like is there any other champion that could move up and absolutely start the champion at the weight above no john jones and stipe i don't know Probably maybe would. people i might have i might have believed that could happen in the past but now maybe i i'd be less likely to believe that he'd go through him that easy Bisping at the strike arm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think that's that. That's a fair thing to say. About, With Demetrius Johnson, yeah. No, Demetrius already <laughs> lost the cruise, yeah. Uh, but I don't think that's the yeah. best way to, to judge the pound for pound as well. Like I think you judge them in their weight class, and, and like you judge on like a skill for skill thing. I I still think Demetrius Johnson is the best. Uh, I think McGregor is second, and I think. Um, I think Dominic Cruz is probably third. I think you can make a valid argument for either either two yeah. or both of them. Maybe Dominic Cruz is a bit more harder to make an argument for because he's never left his weight class. But well, not in not in the UFC and recent recently. Yeah. I think Aldo's up there as well. He has to be. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like Aldo's a, a like people forget. Like a lot of people forget Aldo. Obviously, it's like it's 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 like you you feel bad for him the way it happened to him. Um, the thirteen seconds, like even Connor said, it like straight after the in the post post fight interview in the cage, he said, you know, he deserved more. Yeah, and I think I think when people look back on Aldo, well, people a lot of people make fun of Aldo now, and he kind of. He kind of gives you, he, he lays you up with layups to, to make fun of him with his recent comments over the last few months. But I think when people look back on him, they'll remember Aldo a lot more fondly than people think of him now. Yeah, like after that Frank Edgar fight, I just thought that was one of the most phenomenal displays I ever saw in, in the UFC. Like he just destroyed Frank Edgar over five rounds. Did the, the one at, what was it? Was it UFC 200? It was, wasn't it? 200, I, yeah. I just thought that was, he's a joy to watch. I just think he's a great fighter. But yeah, it was like, it was a little bit sad. Obviously, you know, happy for McGregor. He's Irish and everything winning, but oh, it was yeah. a little bit sad that Aldo went out that way. It's just sad when any champion, long, like 10 year yeah. reigning champion, or, or not 10 year reigning champion, but you know, you know 10 years unbeaten. Um, to lose like that obviously obviously the last man Aldo would want to lose like that too obviously is Connor after <laughs> yeah. all the stuff he said as well yeah. how do you think Aldo gets a rematch if he wants on 51 move to 155 yeah. and beat beat somebody if he fights Khabib that's the fight to make yeah. Aldo versus Khabib winner fights Connor god I want <laughs> and I think I think Aldo beats Khabib as well to be honest yeah, best eight in defensive game, and I think he's too hittable to be. I just want to see that fight so much, and I've said it hundreds of times. I just, I don't know. I think, I I actually don't know. I think Khabib could take him down. Maybe I don't know. And like Khabib is just, like, I don't think Aldo will be will be Aldo will be a lot better off his back than than anybody. Yeah. That um, like if you look at Nurmi or uh, Khabib's record, uh, he's beaten <laughs> RDA like, and that's basically it. Like Michael Johnson is like as close to being a top top level fighter but he's not there 
the rest of them aren't there. Like, you know, I think he needs a he needs a marquee win and Aldo would be a marquee win. So we'll say like if McGregor stays at one fifty five, do you think Tony Ferguson should be his next challenger? Yeah, well, um, do I think he should be or do, do I think he will be? Or, or Nate Diaz, maybe. Yeah, either um, way. Well, from what John Cavanaugh was saying today on the MMA, it seems like he'd prefer Diaz. They, they probably want Diaz to get a win, though, first. But maybe that doesn't really matter. You don't want to go, uh. mm. Diaz isn't um, fighting anyone else, like, I don't think. I'd say Diaz will just wait out until he gets the chance to fight McGregor, which he probably yeah, will. I wonder what his new deal is, though. Is, is a new deal based on pay-per-view points? Or it's hard to know what his new deal is. Maybe maybe it's it, it only makes monetary sense in his mind if he has the huge pay-per-view numbers with Connor. Yeah, maybe. But Tony Ferguson, like, you know, uh, he... He did. He did pull out of a fight with Khabib, but yeah. he's not known to pull out of fights. He fights regularly. Khabib, you know, I love Khabib, but he, 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 like, I don't understand this outrage of how has he not got a title shot? It's like, well, he's been out for a long time. He's what two fights in three and a half years. Yeah, that's like Dominic. People were like, like Dominic Cruz was getting criticized for that, but Khabib doesn't seem to for some reason. Yeah. And then he needs a marquee win as well. Okay, already a big win, but. Uh, it's not the same word he ate for Pettis without accusing him of anything too blatantly. <laughs> oh, um, we wouldn't do that here in the podcast, would we? Um, not no, me, anyway. No, no. <laughs> but um, <laughs> for me, I think I think Ferguson deserves it. Like I, I totally agree with your point about Habib. Like I said on on the podcast last week as well. Like he. People just ignore the fact he was off. You can't ignore it. He was gone for two years. I know he's a great record, 24 and all, but like Tony Ferguson was, you know, he beat Edson Barbosa in that time. You know, he like he has he's some good, who else did he beat? He beat like he's some good wins and he beat, um, who did he beat? RDA last week. I know you say he's not the same guy, but still, like, those are good wins. I think, be, but who do you think will be his next fight? Like, <sighs> um, it's so it's hard to know because of, like because of the is he taking a break? Is how long is the break gonna be? Yeah, it's so hard to know. Like who's um um any chance? Any chance to go to seventy? You go with Habib? I go because Connor usually takes the the hardest fight, yeah. <laughs> even though people say he doesn't. He he usually does. Yeah, I I was thinking that as well, but. I think it could be GSP. I think like GSP has what's well, been out there for so yeah. long. That's the imagine that money. <laughs> That'd do two million buys. That's a it could like. Sure, the UFC would need to put millions into re uh, introducing Pierre <laughs> to the, the MMA fans. It, it'd be uh, a long, long process <laughs> to reintroduce Pierre. <laughs> who is that? who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who the fuck is that guy? Is right. Yeah, but uh, like I, there's there's so many options. Uh, like Aldo's there if he wants to go down to one forty five. Like McGregor wants to hold on to that belt as well. Aldo's been talking fifty five for, for five years. Yeah. Aldo's been talking one fifty five since he came to the UFC. So well, why not just fifty five it? Yeah. What do you do though with the, the yeah, belt? Like Aldo's killing himself getting down to yeah. one forty five, and Connor's killing himself getting down to one forty. Well, obviously they're not killing themselves, but it's it's not good for the health. Yeah. And if they're both of them want to move up weight class, just let them fight it, fight it that way. Here, so here's the last question before we move on to, to the next couple of fights. Who, who in front? We won't say 170 because that's a bit different. But who at 145 or 155 can beat Conor McGregor? Can beat, yeah, or would beat, would beat. So, in your opinion, 
Nobody. I think Khabib would beat him. I think he'd beat Khabib, but it's the toughest fight. It's the toughest fight. I think um I think if, if Connor connects hard with Khabib, like like Khabib's been uh, in his uh, tagged with in his last two fights, I think I think that'd be big trouble for him. Um I don't yeah, he hasn't fought anybody near the level of Conor McGregor on the feet, anywhere near the level yeah. of it. The thing about that fight is like <laughs> I think like the only way to beat Habib is to knock him out very early. Yeah. And like with anyone else, you'd say, ah, oh, that's just a pipe dream, you know, punch your stance. But with Conor McGregor, it's a likelihood. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. it's it could happen. So that's why that fight fascinates me. Like I think the Aldo fight with Habib is also a very fascinating one. I like that's probably a fight they should make. But yeah, I'd love to see that fight. That's probably the, the fight I'd like most to see. I'd like, I'd, I'd like to see most. Uh, yeah, I wonder could it, could it be make one forty five? He's big enough. Like, do you see the argument with him? Like, he's a little bit taller than McGregor, even I'd say. Like, they're maybe they're around the same. Yeah. Um, Charles has been talking about one fifty five, and yeah. if he wants to position himself for the Connor fight, like he says he does. Uh, I suppose he's his argument is that he already beat Frankie Edgar, but yeah, that's you true. Know, um, like you know, it isn't it isn't it isn't like another sports league where you become or like even like boxing where you're the mandatory. Can, like Aldo knows this. Like Aldo's been around long enough. Like he knows what. He, like if he wants to make himself do undisputed number one next fight for Connor, he he needs to take out a top contender, and Khabib is the perfect guy to take out if you if you want the fight. I agree. I 100% agree with that. Right, let's move on to the, the co-main event between Tyron Woodley and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. The fight ended in a majority draw with two judges giving it 47-47 and one judge giving it 48-47 for Tyron Woodley, who retains his welterweight title. First off, how did you score it? Yeah, I had a draw with a 10-8 with a um, for Woodley in the, was it the fourth or the fourth, third? Yeah, the fourth, fourth. yeah. I didn't agree with the, the absolutely 100% didn't agree with that judge who gave 10-8 in the first round. I yeah. thought that was ridiculous. Um, Yeah, but it's probably the right result in the end, even even though it got completely botched in the announcement and all of that. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty easy fight to score, to be honest. Like, the first round, uh, Woodley, second round, Wonderboy, third round, Wonderboy, fourth round, 10-8, Woodley, and fifth round, Wonderboy. Like, I don't... At this 48 47 Woodley, I don't know where they got that from. You know, he, there's no way he won three rounds. The third round was a little bit closer, but I don't know. I don't think so. I think one by one won the that round, uh, you know, not not handily, but he he, he won it convincingly enough. Um, the, the fight itself, just kind of looking back at it, I suppose it, it, was a, it was an interesting size matchup going in, and it worked out a little bit maybe. Maybe both of the guys are a little bit more tentative than I expected. You know, we spoke earlier on about the the uh, the, uh, the day or the you know the the event getting the people, and I think it got the both of these lads a little bit. You know, Wonderboy especially, he didn't you know he didn't look himself. I think that's you know since he's become Wonderboy, that is now in his last three or four fights. I think that's by far his worst performance. Um, you know, he he didn't use his kicks enough. He I think though he usually takes a little bit of feeling out. Yeah. Like not as the extent Anderson used to do, but he usually takes a bit of um feeling out, kind of fainting and seeing how they're gonna react. And then he kind of starts throwing his, his game. But uh, once he got taken down, I think he became a little bit wary of throwing the, the spectacular big kicks and yeah. he kind of stuck to the hands then and backed himself there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that is a big thing as well. Like, but 
there was there was a period in the fight where uh, yeah that was definitely the case like Woodley took him down and then the second round started and he was very cognizant of the takedown but then he started kind of dominating Woodley stopped throwing anything he stopped uh, he stopped going for takedowns the one mm. way was taken over but, Woodley, like, Woodley he keeps going against yeah. the cage he keeps putting his back up against the cage I, I thought that would be I thought that would cost him against Wonderboy but Wonderboy didn't seem to be able to, to capitalise on it it, yeah. was, it was strange I thought that it would be that would be a terrible place for Woodley to be but he, sp- he sent, spent half the fight there and he he did all he did well he kept his belt so yeah. it worked like Wonderboy I thought he, what he usually does very well, like he kicks to the legs, kicks to the body, and then opens up the head. But he doesn't. He didn't seem to do that at all in this fight. Like Woodley was standing there with a high guard for the whole fight, blocking every high kick to Wonderboy. True, like he, like Wonderboy is usually like the most hard to read guy in the UFC early. But Woodley just read him easy. He just kept the high guard, and Wonderboy could do nothing. I just, I don't know. I think it'll be a lot better. I th- it was a really good fight, just because of. The closeness and the kind of it was an anxious fight, you know, if, if you get my drift. But yeah, I think the next fight will be better if they if they both maybe if it's on not as big a card, if it, you know, even if it's like a headliner. I think Woodley will throw a lot more, Thompson will throw a lot more, and I think it could be you know it could be a better fight. Yeah, I, I thought it was, I, I actually really enjoyed the fight, but uh, um, yeah, the, the rematch makes sense as well. There's no, there's no real. I know Maya; he's been there for ages, but yeah. um, yeah. He is, he is old. What my like 30, 38 now, is he? Something like that, yeah, he's old enough. Yeah, he'd want to get it soon, but I think I think the rematch is the thing to do here. Um both guys did look a bit off. Um Woodley 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 got I think got tired quicker, but then but then or uh, earlier, but then Stephen Thompson got tired as well. I don't know if that was a, a pressure or an adrenaline dump. Maybe it was the the magnitude of the moment, as you're saying. Um it was still a good fight, but I, I was expecting a bit more, a bit more spectacular strikes from from Wonderboy, and maybe even a bit more explosive explosiveness from Woodley in the, in the takedowns and ground and pound. Yeah, I thought it was funny afterwards. Woodley did an interview, and they were like, "Why didn't you wrestle more?" And he was like, "Yeah, maybe, maybe I should have wrestled more." Like Wonderboy was pushing you back, like you know, you were finding it tough to, to close the distance to get them. Like you know, Woodley, it, it's it's a funny fight because like. Wonderboy dominated maybe like twenty minutes of that fight, you know, and Wood, like Woodley got what two or three minutes of of a takedown in the first round, won that round, and then like the last ninety seconds, two minutes of the fourth round, he, he won that as well, and maybe maybe a little bit, little bit longer. And yeah, Wonderboy actually, yeah, Wonderboy had turned it around by like the last thirty seconds, and he was on top, dropping yeah, strikes. He he did, like, yeah. I think it was still a ten eight because of it could have been stopped a couple of times in there. I think the ref was was moving in a couple of times when Wonderboy. Obviously, he must have told Wonderboy to move, and Wonderboy moved, so he, he let it go on. Yeah, like it was 100% because he hurt him with a shot and nearly knocked him clean out. Then he hit him with shots on the ground. Then Wonderboy got up and hit him with like five or six clean shots against the fence. Then mm. he had him like deep in a guillotine, which Wonderboy nearly tapped from. Like, that's that's definitely a 10-8. Like, it was, you know, it, it, it was a good like minute of very dominant, almost fight finishing work. Like, so I, yeah, I, th- I think that's enough. But I don't think the rematch is going to happen, to be honest. And you know, everyone, I'm a big Wonderboy fan. I hope it does. But are you I just, going on Dana said it's going to happen, so it's not going to happen. 
<laughs> yeah, that that is a good point. But no, I'm, I don't know. I just have the feeling like it's Grant saying these things on the night. You know, we've heard them before, and then it comes around and they just don't happen. Um, I'd feel a little bit sorry for Maya if he, if he didn't get it. Um, and I think it's a pity they gave Cerrone a fight with Matt Brown straight away because Cerrone called out Maya. He said he wanted to fight Maya. And I think that'd be a perfect fight for Maya. You know, a handy enough fight for Maya yeah. to win. Um, and. But Cerrone's uh, his take defense and his actual overall wrestling and grappling has much improved. He used to be the, like the, back in the WBC days, you you half you go for a half takedown and you fall over. But now he's last three or four fights, he's initiating takedowns. He's grappling on top. But against Damian Maya, he, <laughs> it's it's a whole like like Gunnar Nelson is a exactly, top yeah. top grappler, top top grappler. Like and he he was he was getting dominated by by Maya. Like it's a different it's a different whole different animal. Damian Maya is a whole different animal on the ground. So I, uh, and he's he's one of them guys who he learned his lesson against Nate Marquardt early enough in his UFC career that you don't even try to strike at people; you just take them down when you're when you're that good on the ground. So I don't like that yeah, so much for like, Connor, so or for sorry for Cowboy. So uh, uh, I say the UFC might want to keep Cowboy on a streak so they can put Connor and him together at some stage. Possibly. If I'm Maya, though, I want to fight Wonderboy and not Tyron Woodley because I think Tyron Woodley is a lot harder to take down. And keep down and yeah. submit than than Wonderboy is, um. So like yeah. I'm like telling them, yeah, have the rematch, lads. Go on, <laughs> go on. Maybe Wonderboy <laughs> win this time, and then I can, I can win the title off him. But yeah, I think we have a few questions about that later on, so we we'll get to them. Uh, we're going to run through yeah. the rest of this card, um, right now. Uh, Carolina Kovalkiewicz against Joanna Injecek. Um, let me give you this my thoughts on this fight first. I look. A lot of people after this fight were like, "Oh, this is a this is a great fight, the best fight ever in women's strawweight championship history." You know, it, it, some people were calling for an immediate rematch. I know Kovalkiewicz said it. I didn't see it that way at all. Like Kovalkiewicz landed one big hard shot in the fourth and lost literally the rest of the whole fight. Like I thought she put up a, a good fight in that she made Injecek fight her best and she made Injecek come out and throw loads of punches. You know, I mean, she got, caught her with a few herself, but I thought she absolutely dominated the fight in Jacek. She's she's just on a different level now. To me, Kovalkiewicz looked like someone maybe like um maybe like. Maybe that's a bad example. Maybe like Rory early or no? Do you know what it was like? Like Max Holloway against Conor McGregor. You know, you could tell there was some. You know, you could tell that the the, the talent was there, but it just hasn't developed quite right yet. I saw, and I tweeted on the night. I'd like to see the fight again in two years. I, mm-hmm. I think an immediate rematch is not there. No, no, I would. I I'd agree. I would. I, I think she needs. Uh, um, they they fought before at amateur as well. This is the second time they fought. I think there's no rush to get them together. I think you can you can put that fight in your back pocket and and bring it out again in the in the future when Carolina is kind of um, more comfortable. On um, she she obviously she obviously nearly had Joanna um, in the fourth round. You looked for a second like she she might have had her, but yeah. as you say, even even ten seconds later, Joanna was back on the back on the on the attack and dominating the fight again. So yeah, I think the the person to beat Joanna is 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 Clary Gadella with five rounds of gas. Yeah, which probably or somebody happen. of that yeah. that style who's who's relentless and is a grappler. That's I think that's the style to beat Joanna. But maybe the UFC don't want to put Joanna against that kind of style. See, there's a lot of in strawweight as well. It's still a very new division, and we see with bantamweight like there was a lot of people who like were not on Ronda's level at the start, but now like you like I think. Um, 
Amanda Noon is a very, very talented fighter, and she has like developed into a talented fighter, if you know what I mean. Like she has all the skills. Now, it's a different story if she beat Ronda or whatever, but like Kovalkiewicz is fighting for a title, and I still don't think she has all the skills of MMA. You know, she's still learning. She's yeah, she's early in it. She's early in MMA. And it's the same, like it's the same with Rosalind Muniz. I think she's a phenomenal fighter, phenomenal prospect. But what is she's in like five or six fights? Is she ranked number four in the world? Like lost last time to Kovalkiewicz. Like it's it's because and you have to rush these people in. Um, her name is Alexa Grasso. Is it the same with someone? Henry Cejudo and Demetrius Johnson? It's just kind yeah. of like you run out of contenders, and you're just like, well, he is undefeated, and it, it would be a better matchup in two or three years' time. But it, it's the first matchup we got to make. Like you know, it just. You run out of options you know, yeah. in these uh, divisions that don't have the the depth of, of obviously 55 and or 155 male and you, you just don't have the options so you got to make these fights but you don't you, this this could be a really 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 close competitive fight in a few years time if if carolina continues to improve obviously your animal continue to improve as well but yeah um, i think there's a lot more room for improvement with carolina with carolina yeah like i think analyzing the fight coming into this and looking at what actually happened in the fight, she looked like a totally different fighter to me. Like before, she used to be like light on her feet, coming in, landing that one big shot, which she actually got back to a little bit when she actually knocked Injecic down. But she came out fighting like a stand up Mai Tai fight, you know, standing in the pocket, trading with Joanna, maybe a little bit farther out in range than, than Joanna would, or than, yeah, than Joanna would, would like. Um, and I, I thought it was an odd, an odd way to fight because that's not the way she usually fights, and it kind of looked. Like it was a little bit, it was a little bit uh, uncomfortable for her to be honest. But she, when she maybe it was a plan to do that early and then go back to her her style when Injecha got a little bit a little bit tired maybe or something like that. I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure, but yeah, she as I said, she's still putting things together. For me, I like I like Jessica Andrade to get the next fight because she's someone who's she's a good fighter right now. I think she's like probably at like towards her prime you know whereas even if you know as i said rose page van zandt not there yet uh michelle watterson probably getting there but i don't think she'll i don't think she'll get there alexa grasso the same she i'm mixing her up or did she have some kind of weight issues at some stage or um, possibly she moved down from 135 oh uh, yeah maybe, that was, maybe she uh, maybe, i was thinking about she might miss weight but it might have just been that she moved down to uh, two classes yeah. who would you give her next um um, hmm. it's tough. It really is. Um, it seems like they were trying to make the the Calderwood fight for a while. They were trying to position. They were trying to position. Um, Joanne. Oh no, that's sorry. That's um. Yeah, she lost, didn't she? Didn't she on her last fight? Calderwood. Who did she lose yeah. to? She, She's at one twenty-five now, though, isn't she? And Joanne and Jacek was talking about going to to win a second belt at one hundred twenty-five. Yeah. I don't know if you open another division in between. I know they kind of have half opened it with Joanna Calderwood with the. I think she had two fights, did she? Yeah. At 125. There was two fights anyway at 125, yeah. Uh, Letourneau, what they fought. Yeah, there's no belt there, so it wouldn't be much of a much an incentive for Ian Jacek to go to go there. Yeah. Um, it's tough. It is tough. Um, I think the Cadella fight is is the fight to make, but it's a bit it's a bit quick again. But it's just there's not enough depth, so you're going to have to go through these again if if uh, if uh, if new contenders don't. Don't arise. Yeah, I suppose Paige Van Zant is always mm-hmm. um, is uh, always there, but they probably want to build her a bit slower as well. Like I know she had a spectacular knockout in her last fight, but she she wasn't looking great up until that point. To be honest, 
Yeah, she's fighting Michelle Watterson in a couple of weeks' time. If she wins that, I wouldn't be surprised if she got the title shot. To be honest, because there's doesn't really yeah. You know. she, she, well, she's the she's been a big name. The the people know her from the what's it called Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. And, um, like it just it just brings that casual interest. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the UFC decided to do that. Yeah. Like yeah. Beck Rawlings, like that. She's tough. Like she's I don't know if she. Yeah, it was, it was a good. It was it was it was a it was a good win to come back from. From I thought she was like struggling, so she she tro- showed good uh, perseverance and she showed good perseverance in the Ro- Rose Namajunas fight, even though she ended up getting submitted by Rinnick a choke. But she she hung on. She pulled. She she showed good toughness, but against Joanna and Jacek, like toughness is only going to get your face broken. I think. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. In fairness, yeah. Speaking of people who got their face broken, Chris Weidman against Yoel Romero. Uh, oh, fucking hell, yeah. that was the nasty. Name, <laughs> he man. was a nasty. Name. He actually, I think he kneed himself in the face, and then Yoel Romero kneed him in the back of the head as well, all in the one motion. Yeah. Like obviously, completely accident, and com- I think it's legal because it was just the way it happened. He just folded like a lawn chair on top of himself. <laughs> yeah, it was like. But like the ref should have stopped that straight away. Like yeah. that was that, there's no need for them them extra punches, especially from somebody as powerful as Yoel Romero. Yeah, like it was it was a one as well that I don't think it actually like knocked him out. It just like fucked up his head or something. You know, just caught like his head up, and it, I don't know. But I think it was a pain knockout. It was like you know the way body shots knock you out because of the pain. I think that was the same like that. I don't think he actually like got taken from his uh, from his senses. Uh, for uh, I'd say he was. I'd say he was possibly. feeling a bit. Uh, <laughs> I'd say, he, I'd say he, he wasn't fully out. I don't think, but I'd say he didn't really know. He must. He was definitely concussed anyway. Yeah, but big win for Romero. Um, like it was a close fight up until then. It was. It was. You know, it wasn't the best fight in the world up until then. It was. You know, sorry, mm. but I think Weidman was getting tired up right before. Um, it's it's strange. He, he his cardio in the Luke Rock, Lockout fight wasn't great either. Yeah, yeah. I suppose though it was. Yeah, that could be. He could work on his cardio and. If he's going to play a pressure game, where he's going to need better cardio. Yeah, like Chris Weidman. Did we overrate him a little bit? I did, like he came out against Vitor Belfort, nearly got knocked out, got destroyed against Luke Rockhold, got brutally knocked out against Romero. Mm, but he did beat Anderson Silva twice in a row. But it, it was a 38, 39 year old Anderson Silva, and for, I'm a huge Anderson Silva fan for years uh, when I was first getting into MMA and. I, uh, it just wasn't the same Anderson, but it, obviously it was. It, it was still Anderson. Still, he's still very dangerous. He's still very dangerous right now. Um, but uh, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the same Anderson. Still, in my opinion, but you can only beat what's in front of you, and he beat him comprehensively the first time, and <laughs> comprehensively both times because that was a legit, legit technique. Like he checked the kick. He he tried to check the kick. He checked the kick on purpose, so he he caused the damage. Like yeah. so, you can't take that away from him. He didn't beat the pound for pound best fighter in the world back to back. But um, I think the the MMA moves on so quickly, so quickly. Like um, you can be the best fighter in the sport, and then they can just bypass you so quick mm-hmm. within a year or two. He's like, had a lot of injuries as well, hasn't he? You know. Yeah, yeah. When you're injured as well, it's, it takes away from your time to improve. Mm-hmm. When you have to rehab, and you you don't get as much time to to work on new techniques or to to add or, uh, tools to your game. But um, I think as well, like that Rockhold beating he took, yeah, obviously not was, the same after that. Was brutal. Like that was, like that was like I watched a lot of MMA fights, and that was that was one of the uh, like I think it was Herb Dean. I wouldn't usually, 
wouldn't usually like be calling for fights to be stopped with Herb Dean in there, but that should have been stopped. Yeah, like, terrible. And then he stopped it in the in the round. He did stop it. I know this is going off point, but he stopped it in the in the round for way less than yeah. he stopped it than he had to let it go in the second. So I think I think he knew he'd made a mistake, but I think that 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 I don't I don't know if you can maybe you can come back for it if you take a good length of time mm-hmm. off. But I think the best thing for White would do be take a little bit of time off, like work on his game and come back. I think he kind of forced it a bit coming back for it. He wanted to be on this New York card. Yeah. Uh, he really wanted to fight at home. He gone to all this effort to get it legalized, and he felt like he did, he should have been there. But maybe it's better to, to, to just take a little bit of time. I think the biggest loser coming out of this fight is Michael Bisping as well, because I think Chris Weidman is the only one of those four big challengers that he's any chance of beating. I think, I think Romero will probably knock him out uh, pretty hard. But you know, it's not about. I think we uh, mm. underestimate Bisping a little bit as well. I think his boxing is pretty good. Now. Yeah, well, if Tim Kennedy had, had nearly had a, I suppose Tim Kennedy did beat Bisping pretty yeah. comprehensively, didn't he? But um, like, mm, it's, uh, I'm kind of like. Over five rounds. It's hard, to, it's hard to say. Bisping doesn't have a chance now because, like, he used to, I used to think he doesn't have the knockout power, but now he's proven he does. Yeah. Like, you know, he's working facing Perillo. They've obviously his striking looks way better. Like, you know, it looks he used to be a bit of a pitter patter striker back when he when he won the Ultimate Fighter and stuff, and he's a completely different fighter now. He he, he believes in himself now. I think more than, more as well. He believes in his striking. I don't know. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion, but I, I yeah, I definitely. If if, if you had a fifty fifty bet, if I had a free bet on same odds, I'd I'd put it on you. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, we spoke about Habib, um, Frankie Edgar. You know, pretty, pretty inconsequential mm. decision win. Um, yeah, well, he, for fairness to him, I think he said he uh, tore his, his MCL, uh, a knee ligament, a knee ligament, but he didn't want to pull out because it was the the New York card. But um, yeah, he looked at, like. He looked in trouble again. Um, Jeremy Stevens obviously hits really hard, but he loads up on punches. And usually, I thought, I thought Frank Edgar would be able to see them coming, but he got caught with a big one. But maybe that was because of his knee. He wasn't able to move quite as well. He wasn't able to train quite as much before the fight because of the knee. He got the win. Yeah, he got the win. Um, That's what it is. Wasn't the greatest fight. It, was, it, was a, it wasn't the greatest fight. No. It had a bit of a like. It was a good fight though. On, on another card, you know, that would have been. Yeah. That could have been a main event, and that could have been. A, people would be raving about it. You know, it's just it kind of got lost on the, the stacked UFC two hundred five card. Yeah. And last thing before we move on, Misha Tate, lost retires. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think she's retired. I'd say she'll be back. Be, was, yeah. When Rogan asked her, "Is this because of the results?" and she said, "Yeah." I, I, it's just like, yeah, I am. Um, Fighters, fighters get very emotional when they lose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they put everything into it. It's, it's their, their obsession. They, they live, they live for it. And when they lose, it's you, you have months to think to dwell on. You, you don't just get back in there straight away. So yeah, yeah. Like if it is her last fight, I think like. I think she was a very good fighter, like inside, you know, inside the cage, obviously a very good fighter, but outside the cage, I thought she was a great representative for MMA. You know, there's a point there where people were thinking, like, is, you know, who's the bad guy? Is it her or Ronda Rousey? And then I think that made itself apparent as, as time went on. And I think Peter Misha Tate, <clears throat> her star grew. 
especially after she beat uh, Holly Holm, you know, one of the best ever comeback fights in, in the UFC. Fantastic finish, and she got the belt. And, you know, that's good. It was like Bisping as well when he got the belt. Yeah. It, it, it's terrible to, for people to, like, retire as, you know, I always look at Conor Montgomery as, as a golfer, you know. He was never won anything, and he retired as, like, a, a guy that always came second place. And, like, it's sad to see that, and I'm glad that... Ah, poor Conor Montgomery. You know, funny thing about yeah. Conor Montgomery, just for one second, he was on... um. You know, he was on like the coverage of one of the golf things, and you know, he won like he after he went to the senior store, he won like three majors on senior store. And he was sitting there with um, well, who was it? Oh, I don't know, some like someone who'd won like maybe Patrick, no, I don't think it was Patrick, Graham, but someone who'd won like two or three majors. And he said, like, as uh, we as major winners can attest to this, and like he was on, I was like, oh, and Don Colin, like Noah McGrath talking to, to <laughs> Alex Cobrero <laughs> about his rugby career. <laughs> Uh, exactly, yeah. But uh, people cringe at the exact same second. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Look, Misha, if she goes, if she does go out, you know, thirty years old. Yeah, I think, I, I think, I think, May retirement. Like, yeah, I believe them when yeah. a couple of years have passed. Like, even Chris Lytle, he's one to do it successfully. He tried to come back. Yeah. He like I remember a fight fell apart yeah. and he was like, I'll fight tomorrow. It's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Who you is know, actually uh, retired? Like Kyle Pendred is retired. He doesn't seem to be coming back. Yeah, he's retired. Chocolate um, I'd say uh, yeah, I'd say Kyle will stay retired. He's got like he had a he he had a, he kinda of had a plan to he has kinda of his mind occupied now, but yeah. a lot of them they just they just retire and they have what well, they have nothing else to do. Yeah, Jordan. Mead so they end up just back straight back in the gym, and then they end up getting offered a fight, and then they're back, they're straight back in it, and you wouldn't even have noticed that they retired if you hadn't heard them retire. Yeah. So I, I, uh, she might take some time off. I'd say she probably will. She, she's been fighting pretty regularly for the last five, six years. Like she'll probably take some time off and and be and be back. Probably she's probably back within the year, if I had to guess. To be honest. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the Cage Warriors card. Cage Warriors unplugged that went on this weekend. Um. There were some good wins. Karen Moore got a good win. Um, yeah, got a Karen Moore looked very huge good. Huge knockout. Uh, who else was on the card? Irish guys. Um, who else was on the Johnny card? Johnny Jitsu Gas. Johnny Jitsu and Leroy Barnes. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, Leroy Barnes basically just got the guillotine mm-hmm. pretty much straight away. I think it was 30 seconds, was it? Uh, yeah, it was, it was close enough to that anyway. Like, Johnny Jitsu wasn't going out for a second, was he? Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. A warrior I thought he was going to pop at one stage, but then, uh, but then he just decided. I think he decided to battle to the end. And as you see in the in the Wonder Boy, in the Wonder Boy Woody fight, like it's it's not over until it's until it's over. Like yeah. you can you can find a little 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 bit of release for a second. And like the Owen Roddy against Shannon Gugarty in, in the Ten Thousand Hours documentary, all you need is that 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 break for a second, and you can hold on again. And then their their squeeze isn't quite what it was, but. But um, Leroy Barnes wasn't letting go, and Johnny went to sleep, and I don't know. Um, like Johnny's just uh, he's he's um, how would you say it? He gets in his own head a bit. I think he gets in his yeah. own head a bit. He 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 kind of overthinks overthinks it before he goes out there. Um, but when 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 he's on when he's good, he's really good, and. And then sometimes he just looks like he's he's not there. Yeah. Like in the, in the Reese, tough Reese McKee fight, he yeah. in the Reese McKee fight, I kind of thought maybe it might be might be the end for him, and he even retired. But then he came back and got a couple of great wins, like a couple of knockout wins over tough guys, like Len Irvin and I can't remember the guy's name in Cage Warriors, but the guy was like 
four and one or five and one or something. Johnny took the fight in two days' notice and knocked him out. But yeah, it's kind of hard to know which Johnny you're going to get in the day, and maybe that's the same with Leroy Barnes as well. To be honest, and yeah. Leroy just happened to turn up on the day, and I think on another day maybe it could have went the other way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Lloyd Manning as well got a TKO first round win. Um, yeah, yeah, Lloyd Manning, he's serious judoka. He's, he's, he, I've seen him at, on that amateur. He's, he's, he's now. I think he's two and zero now as a pro. Is he? I think that was. Sure. His, I, I think it is. Yeah. Um, let me just whip it up here. Um, two and zero. Yeah, yeah. He fought at a amateur. We, I've been to a good few of his amateur fights. He's, he's very strong. He gets people down, and he, he like he's beating people like Tommy Martin beat Joe McCoggan at amateur like you know oh. these are these are like you know Joe McCoggan who yeah. beat Peter Queeley there at Bama like these guys are these guys are no jokes like Tommy Martin's very very good as well he's a SVG Ireland amateur as well I think he's turning pro soon or I'm not sure actually about that I'm sure he's close anyway um so and like Tommy the, Martin is this guy yes yeah. he's, he's injured at the moment he just had surgery not too long ago didn't he and he said he's coming back then after that I think yeah so he beat Joe McCogan over, over three rounds in that amateur. So Lloyd Manning, like he's he's a serious prospect in my mind. Yeah. So um Man Inman had a good win against Chair Mills as well and a bloody yeah, great that was a very good win. Um yeah. Another triangle, tough bastard that Man Inman. Yeah. Shea Mills actually I thought he looked better than he has since he probably left the UFC. Yeah, he actually did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he he was looking good, but I don't know, why was he going for the takedowns? It seemed like it was uh the striking realm was his best opportunity to win and he should have known that Matt Eamon's very, very tricky on the ground, especially with his triangles. Like he, he, he could have taken the back of Matt Eamon, it looked like, but he, he just went straight for the triangle. And it proved to be a very, very good decision. Yeah, good fight. Um, then we get to the two big fights, Chris Fishgold against Nick Herrenweb. I think we both had this for Fishgold. It was a pretty... pretty... I had a 3-2 Fishgold, I think. Yeah, yeah, pretty handy fight to score. Um... I don't think Fishgold looked look brilliant, but he looked, you know, he got the job done. I think he looked way better, obviously, in his last fight. But these are the type of fights, you know, that you you need to win. Uh, and I think I think he did it pretty well. But <clears throat> I suppose the big one is the um, <clears throat> the main event. Yeah, Paddy Pimbus in the main event was against uh, Toffet Julian Arosa. And to be honest, it was <clears throat> it was a little bit, you know, disappointing in. Paddy Pimble, you know, we expected a lot from Paddy Pimble. I think a lot of people around the world was kind of watching. Maybe, you know, maybe that's why the, the performance maybe wasn't as good as uh, it could have been as good as Paddy has fought in in the in the uh, in the past. He got out of it with a win against Julian Rosa, unanimous decision. But I thought, to be honest, I thought it was a, I thought it was a very very bad decision. I thought Rosa won the fight. Uh, Paddy did well in, in sports, but overall, I had it to Rosa. How did you score it? Yeah, I had it actually four one for a Rosa. I thought the third was very close; could have went either way, but uh, I gave it to a Rosa. But uh, I, I wouldn't have argued if somebody had, if the judges had given it either way. But I was I was very surprised to be honest when uh, when Paddy Pimlet was given the decision. I think most people on on social media expected it to go to the Rosa as well. Um. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It was, it was strange. It was a strange uh, scorecard. One of them, one of the judges. I think I, I better not say who it was in case I'm, in case I'm wrong. But um, it was. I think it was, I, I better not say. Actually, it was forty nine forty six to um, to Pimble on one of the scorecards. I think that was a bit ridiculous. I yeah. could see. I, I really can't see. I, I don't know. I, I thought it was a Rosa, and I think I think everybody thought it was a Rosa that won it. Yeah. Like 
it seems like a Rosa was the least outraged out of everybody when we interviewed him afterwards. He seemed yeah, to seem to know that he had to put him away to finish to, to win the decision, or to, yeah. he had to put him away and that he wasn't going to win a decision. Yeah, like I, I had it three rounds to two to Rosa, and the two rounds I gave Pimblet were the rounds he got knocked down hard. So like that, you know, it's not you know I I don't know it was I thought. I thought it was a very weird. It, it, no, it wasn't the easiest fight to score, and I, I'm an obvious one for saying it was easy fight to score. It wasn't an easy fight to score, but I think it was a hard fight to score for Pimblet. To be honest, just the way it went. Um, the third round was the one where he took the big knee uh, from Erosa. Um, I thought, I thought Pimblet had done enough before that to still win the round. Um, Erosa obviously hurt him hard and put him down. He put him down in the um, what was it this? Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a second round as well. Yeah, he put him down, and um, yeah, I think Paddy was was dominating that round, and then yeah. he got dropped. Yeah, but he got dropped very hard, hard in that round. Yeah, but uh, I I had him winning that as well. Like I had I had two three rounds to two. But what do you think? Do you think they should do an immediate rematch or? Um, yeah, well, Julian Rosa was calling for it. He said he'd, he'd fight uh, Pimblet in Liverpool, the Echo Arena, at the next Cage Warriors in Liverpool. So yeah, I, I I'd, I'd want to see it again. I think. I think um, I think a lot of people will be interested in seeing that again, and I, if I, I I'd say Paddy probably wants to prove himself again, he, he it was actually funny. He, he puked in the cage afterwards, and it looked it looked like it was blood yeah, or something. Dude. But he said it was just hot chocolate. But um, Danny Roberts, <laughs> yeah, he said he, I don't know what he was doing drinking cho- hot chocolate before the fight. Maybe that was. Uh, <laughs> part of the reason that uh, <laughs> what the fuck, but uh, part of the reason he didn't he didn't look as sharp as he usually looks. Um, or maybe it's the weight the weight cut again. I know he only yeah. missed weight once, but he he had trouble getting there again. He needed the extra the error the extra two errors or whatever the the commission or the regulators allowed him. Um, but maybe it's maybe it's the weight class because he did seem to be he did seem to be gassed out a little bit by the by the end of the the fourth round even. Yeah, like it could be a blessing. Maybe it's a diet thing. Maybe it's a maybe it's a wake wake cut thing. Maybe it's a co- combination of both. Could be a blessing in disguise as well for Paddy Pimble. Like, uh, you know, there's a long history of combat sports where people even either take a loss or have like a really tough fight where they get through, and where it kind of changes and makes them better. Even like if we just say Luke McGregor, that Max Holloway fight where he he tore his ACL, made him a lot better. The Joe Duffy fight where he lost, you know, made him a lot better as well. Um, it, you know, it happens an awful. I think John Jones, even with the Matt Hamill, the setback, you know. He, I think that probably made him a lot better. It, it happens in boxing all the time as well. This could be, you know, this could be something from from Paddy Pimble where you know it changes up things. Not, I don't know if it, it might be a, it might be to go to a different camp or it might be just change up things in his own camp, bring people in or something like that. But um, yeah, I think I think you know, even if he if he come out on the on the wrong side of the decision, even the same thing could have happened. You know, if this could be a real thing that he never wants this something like this happening again. That it's even in question, you know, because Paddy Pimblet's that sort of guy as well, isn't he? He's like very forthright in his views, like saying, you know, scousers can't get knocked out, which he kind of proved to be true at the weekend because he could have got knocked out a couple of times. Got a very good chin, very good chin. Well, unless they have a soccer team and they're in a cup, then they'll always get knocked out. But yeah, um, soccer, are you American now? Right, taking you. <laughs> Who did you vote for, Henry or Donald? I vote for Gary Johnson. PT uh, converted me. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, fair yeah I, like, like he's probably going to be in Cage Warriors for another while because of the, you know, the money they're apparently paying him. That he said like he, they offered him more than the UFC. So why wouldn't he? You know, maybe did he, yeah, 
Do you think maybe he might have taken Arosa a bit lightly? He's oh, he's talked a lot of trash about uh, Artem Lobov over the years, and Artem knocked out Julian Rosa. Maybe Paddy thought this would be a stroll in the park for him. Yeah, possibly. Like Julian Rosa's striking has always been good. Like from watching him on tough, you know, he was I, I was always impressed with him. And when Artem Lobov knocked him out, that was a very very impressive win. Like I was like, you know. Artem's a good fighter, but that was, you know, he's called a prospect killer for a reason, you know. <laughs> I think he's a good prospect and he did do well. You know, Paddy's striking is the thing. I spoke about it even the Periscope before he did it. The thing that we don't know yet because we don't see it that much. Now we've seen it a good bit. You know, it looked okay in sports, but you know, it didn't look Mm. It, didn't it look seemed brilliant. in the first round that Paddy was there to prove his striking, and, yeah. and he got tagged a couple of times. He could have shoot. He, maybe when he while he was fresh, if he had a got got the back earlier, he would have finished it when he was fresher. Yeah, he ended up getting the back later in the later in the fight, but he seemed he didn't seem to have the same um, the same explosion by that stage, and the same um, his cardio was starting to wane. So um, maybe it was the case he took him lightly, and he thought he could. He thought he could stand with him and, and he wouldn't be in danger and he'd be able to showcase his skills. But um, it could have been a number of things, you know, the weight, the, the weight and eat, drinking hot chocolates before the <laughs> fight. Rache as well, I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you want to cut that stuff out like yeah. before you fight for a uh, cage warrior's belt over five rounds. But uh, I still like, what is he still? He's still 19. Like, it's, it's very, very easy to forget. Or is he 21? 21, Sorry, 21. He's still very young. Okay. Yeah, he's still very young, very young. Still has a still has a long way yeah. to go, uh, or a long career ahead of him, and yeah, and I don't know. These, as you say, this will probably be a be a big wake up call to him in terms of maybe what whatever they they specify or they pick out is what went wrong. His coaches, yeah. Paul Rimmer, and the rest of them pick out as the problem, and they fix that, and then he'll be hopefully a better better fighter for yeah. it. Right, let's go to UFC Belfast before we we get into a few questions here. Let's talk about the main event between Uncle Creepy Ian McCall. And uh, Neil Siri, Neil Two Tap Siri here. It should be like, who was I talking it's to? Still on the main card, no, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Like, and Siri said he doesn't care. Like, I'd be kind of of the same mind that I don't, and I don't really care. It doesn't really make a difference. But like, this should be <laughs> like, it, it just should be higher up. You know? Like, it's Ian McCall versus Neil Siri. Even if it wasn't, yeah. even if it wasn't in Ireland, this should be on the main card. Yeah. Even if this wasn't Neil Siri's retirement fight, this should be on the main card. Like. Ian McCall should always be on a, on a main card. Like, even if we take Neil Siri out of it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is a fight night. Why, why, like, I don't know. Like, Haraguchi and Timothy Johnson and Alexander, Alexander Volkov, like, they're, they're ahead of them on the card just because of their size. Like, nobody, nobody going to that fight card wants to see Volkov and Johnson more than they want to see Ian McCall and Siri. Yeah. But you uh, see, have different reasons for putting people on. Like, they might want to be putting that fight on Ian McCall on to get people to watch them. The, 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 main card broadcast but it's all on the, uh, i don't know it's not on pay-per-view yeah. it's, it's, it's a strange decision it's a strange decision i don't, I don't understand that really to be honest i, I would have looking at the card if you hadn't looking at the card you'd be you'd be nearly positive that that would be on the main event or on the main card like you could argue that the prelims have four better fights than the main the main event is like me Bagatino Haraguchi should be the main event, in my opinion. That's a fucking tremendous fight. That's an unbelievable yeah. fight. Ke- Kevin Lee against Mustaev. What's his name? Mustaev. He's like that's a good fight as well. I'm a big fan of Kevin Lee. I think he's a good fighter. You know, listen, Brett Johns against Quan Ho Quack or boy Ryan O'Connor. He's a big fan of Quan. He put up a few clips of him. This guy is a destroyer machine. You know, yeah, unbelievable. He's yeah, it looks really, really good. Brett John's undefeated as well. Somebody's. 
Oh, oh might right. have to go unless it's a draw, and then their O draw goes. Yeah, but let's, let's talk about <laughs> first. We we'll talk about the actual fight itself, and then we we'll talk about Siri. How do you think that fight will go between Siri and McCall? Um, I'd say I'd say McCall will be looking for the takedowns. He 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 did um he did an interview with Niall on Talking Brawls, and he said that uh that he was basically, he basically said that he'd be stupid to to stand with Neil for too long. That he'd take him down, but um. You never know the Irish. The Irish fans, he, he could get drawn into a brawl, and if he does, like Neil Siri hits seriously hard. Like uh, it's 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 not a foregone conclusion that McCall wins, but obviously McCall is a big favorite in the fight. Yeah, like I think it's I think it's a pretty tough. Fight. If McCall if McCall fights to his strengths, um, plays a, plays a good game plan, I think he'll be he'll be too fast for Siri. Yeah, it, like that's the thing. I think it's a very tough fight for Siri in that McCall is so fast on the feet and he keeps a very very long range. Like for small guys, he fights fucking further out than heavyweights fight. Like and his takedowns are very good. He closes that distance very quickly as well, and his takedowns are good. So that's a tough matchup for Siri. Like Siri's very good off his back on the ground in with like elbows and strikes and stuff, and he works with submissions and all the time. So this like I think this is going to be a really really exciting fight. Um, I think I see it probably going to a decision. I think McCall will probably win the decision, but I think it's going to be an exciting one, you know, a good one for Siri to go on. Yeah. And Siri's ground game is actually a lot better than than people will give credit for as well. Like he, like that, uh, that armbar to win the Cage Warriors belt, that was brilliant. Like, um, I was there for that. Yeah, you were actually. <laughs> that was your, that was uh, my uh, last ever soldier in the Irish MMA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Neil Siri turned you off. He did. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Neil, Neil's been the underdog in fights before, even before the UFC, before Cage Warriors, that he's won, that nobody thought he could win. Even Chris Beal in the UFC, he mm-hmm. was a big underdog in that, and he, he won comprehensively. Um, but Ian McCall, he was like the, he was a top 125-pounder in the world for years. He actually drew with Demetrius Johnson with all the momentum in his favor when it should have went to a sudden victory round. Yeah. But the commissioner's, fucked the whole thing up um, and they had to rematch and he lost the rematch but with Ian McCall you know he, over the years he's slipped into like uh, the party and lifestyle sometimes he'll be sometimes he'll be dedicated to training sometimes he won't be if he comes in not dedicated to the training then Siri's definitely Siri's definitely going to be putting all it all on the line here in his last fight if Ian McCall isn't taking Neil seriously then then uh, like he could be in trouble yeah. here Ian. like series definitely a live underdog i think it's gonna be a good fight uh, i have an article as well coming out in it on uh sure dog this week so i'll check that out but um how do you think neil siri like we talk about misha taylor and her legacy how she'd be looked at how do you think siri will be looked at when when people look back um, at her? yeah uh, he's, he's an absolute legend he's an absolute wanker as well yeah <laughs> the only good thing about him is he supports liverpool and no i can't argue with that sake, no <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um you'll be remembered as like uh the working class hero yeah. i suppose niles ring me here to answer and tell him doing the podcast no, I'll bring you back. I'm just doing a podcast. <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, What's up, Bill? Yeah, he'll be remembered as the working class hero. Like we, we actually made a video um, before the Dublin fight with um, Phil Harris, uh, and just I'm, sh- I'm sure people have read PT's car- articles about theory, and he's just. He has like a fucking seven aside football team of kids. He has, he has a job. He's he trains. He coaches in the gym. He cycles to or runs to to and from work. He's 
he's just a uh, he's he was he was in the game before there was money in the game. He's in it for the love of the game and to get in a fucking grap in a cage. Like he's not there for for any fame or any money or he's just in there because he's a fighter. Yeah, yeah. Like I think people look back at his, him as a kind of a fan favorite as well. Maybe people in Ireland look at him a little bit differently, but like, I think across the world, like he, he always brought a theory. Like he's always a guy you'd you tune tune in for, like win or lose. And I think a lot of people say that you know, win or lose, I I go out and I put it all in line. But Siri actually did that, you know. And I think he like he actually didn't you know he'd obviously be disappointed if he lost but he'd more he'd be more disappointed if he put on a, a bad fight and you know that, oh, yeah, that rarely yeah. happened like he got there to put on a show for the fans win or lose like he doesn't yeah. want to be in a boring fight he just want to hold somebody down and not attack he that's not the kind of guy he is yeah like and to come kind of to come from someone who was what was he like seven and eight or something like that or you know he, he had a negative record Do i remember when, when when he was trying to get signed for the ufc when when brad pickett needed an opponent people were People were retweeting saying get this guy into UFC, and people were replying, being like, Look at his record, he doesn't deserve to be there. But yeah. if you look closer at his record, he's he's fighting all the way up at 170 back in the day, like that's insane for yeah. a midget. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> come on, like Neil Siri fighting a grown man, like <laughs> it's, it's unfair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like oh, you know, that. that's, that's one for a t-shirt. That's one for a t-shirt. He's gonna punch me in the face when he's doing this. Like when you get off to like, he, I think he lost four of his, of his first five fights or five of his first six fights or something. You know, it was a terrible start to his career yeah. against. One, I think he got disqualified for soccer kick as well. Like you know, he was he was fighting before before people knew what the fuck was going on and yeah. fighting, you know, back in 10 years ago, longer. So he's probably been around 12 years now. Like, he's been fighting, he's been fighting since there's no weigh-ins, there's no medicals, there's no nothing. 12, 12 years? He's been up. You, fight, I think fight so, since is it? He was, <laughs> fighting since he was 30. <laughs> yeah. Is he, is he only 42 now? Yeah, that's, all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually not even too far off. Like. Look at <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's only 37. Isn't it? 37. <laughs> about that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, I'm looking forward to that fight. Anyway, um, the other two Irish lads, yeah, the side, there won't be a dry eye, there won't be a dry eye in, uh, yeah, yeah. in the Irish MMA community after that one, yeah. Pete's would be fucking distraught after that, anyway. Oh, god, poor fella, uh, but um, <laughs> Artem Labov and Charlie Ward as well fighting. Charlie Ward just got his fight, I think it was today or yesterday, maybe against Abdul Razak Al Hassan, who I don't really know too much about, but. You know, I suppose he's undefeated. He's, he's undefeated. I think. Uh, I think he was meant to fight a Bellator. He's meant to fight a Bellator, uh, but uh, the UFC obviously have nabbed him. Um, I think he's finished all of his all of his pro bouts by first round KO. So he's good fighter. He doesn't mess about. But but yeah, but, uh, Charlie Ward is three and one with his one loss coming to uh, John Phillips, who uh, who actually trains in SPG Ireland now, and who was the former Bama champion, and he knocked out uh, Czech Kone. Pretty brutally in uh, Dublin, Bama twenty six, I think it was, um, or Bama twenty four, and uh, yeah, Charlie fought um, Phillips in his first pro fight. Well, Charlie had fought for a few years at amateur, but he fought his first pro fight in a in a one night tournament against John Phillips. So he's actually winning the fight and he would take downs, ground a pound, and then uh, towards the end of the fight, Phillips managed to taunt him into a stand up match, and uh, he ended up. He called himself the White Mike Tyson because of his big punches, and he ended up taking uh, taking Charlie out. But since then, Charlie's won three in a row, and obviously, uh, people didn't expect him to get to the UFC. But uh, being with Conor McGregor 
management obviously <laughs> is the the Mac manager place to be because yeah, well, he's he's doing a better job than most he is. MMA managers already. That is true. I suppose people know Charlie Ward as well. But like Charlie, like Charlie, Charlie's very tough. Yeah. Like you know, he he's not going to be an easy fight for anybody. Like you might look at his record and say, oh, he's only three and one or two and one. I think people have been calling it two and one because it's wrong on on Sherlock. I think it's actually three and one. Yeah, but um. Like this guy is obviously a, a prospect. The UFC are probably thinking that this guy's going to come in and take Charlie Ward out, but I don't know, man. Charlie Ward's big. He's tough. He, he, people like people talk about his grappling. I know there's teammates in SVG, but even before he was a pro fighter, people were talking about rolling with Charlie and just getting smashed by Charlie on the ground. So if Charlie can get the takedown, I, I, I don't know enough about this guy to be honest, though. But um. If he's been knocking everybody out in the first round, Charlie might be able to drag him into deep waters and see and see what how he reacts. Yeah, yeah. Charlie's known as well, obviously, for the the sad joke or value incident. And I suppose, uh, you know, we've talked about that loads in this podcast and over in Severia, But I suppose it's it's good for Charlie to maybe turn the next page and have something, you know, yeah. because like it, it it wasn't Charlie's yeah, fault in the slightest. Fault. I've seen I've seen that fight, and it was it was just it was um. It was just a freak incident. It didn't look any any different to any other fight. He like mm-hmm. the, the ref wasn't at fault. It was just it was just a freak incident. Yeah. In my yes, that's good. Like to turn a new page and like hopefully hopefully it goes well for him. Like, like the bits I've seen of him, he's obviously like he's obviously a talented fighter and a talented fighter. And it's it's obviously very early. You know, he doesn't have any fights in his back pocket and stuff. But I think he was on that trajectory anyway. And as you said, the, the whole McGregor thing. So that's like I think a lot of people are going to see him for the first time. Like I've, I've seen bits of him, haven't seen that much of him, but a lot, a lot of people are going to see the the improvements that he's been making so that's uh that should be fun artem labov as well fighting uh teruto ishihara two men who who love their women apparently <laughs> gone, gone at it. <laughs> should be should be a fun fight a similar enough type of fighters you know guys with big knockout power you know artem labov his ground game has improved an awful lot in the last while you saw that against um against ryan hall where you know okay he got dominated but he survived one of the that toughest, you know, guys to survive against in in all of fucking uh, in all of MMA. Through as I said, I think he's growing him as improvement. He's been working with um with Team Alpha Male as well, so should be it should be a fun fight. Uh, how do you see that one going? Um, I actually haven't watched that much of Ishihara to be honest. Uh, I remember him finishing Julian Rosa on the McGregor Diaz card, and I saw I remember his um he draw with somebody. Who did he draw with in the UFC? Um, he drew with somebody in the UFC, but um, um, Rota. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. Like uh, he knocked out Julian Rose, and so did Loboff. See, Artem Loboff for for years he took um, he took fights at short notice, all the way up to one seventy as well. Even though he's he's a one forty five or one fifty five, one seventy short notice, he never took it all that seriously until the kind of the UFC door opened with Connor. He never took the grappling side that ser- of it that seriously, and the even the cardio side side of it, but you see him now for the last fight. He's 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 trying to make a proper go of it. Like he's he's putting everything into it. Like so, I think he's a uh, he's got a lot better conditioning than he used to have, and his uh, his striking is obviously very dangerous. It always has been, and I think he's better on the ground than than you get credit for. Like Ryan Hall had had him in some very bad positions mm-hmm. as well, and he managed to survive. I know he I know he he didn't get much going in that fight himself, but like. Having Ryan Hall attached your back, like a, a lot of people would have got tapped out there. So I think Artem's is very underrated. Um, obviously, probably a lot to do with his record as well. But if he, like you know, Artem's had three nice knockouts on the other fighter and one loss that he isn't on his record. Yeah, which would, which would make it yeah. a little better. 
yeah. But um, yeah, I think uh, the UFC are hoping for an Ishihara win anyway here. Yeah, I think that's what I think they think the style matchup is a thing. But I wouldn't. Artem Lovell's got big power, like you know, like Julian Rose has proved he's no mug, like and mm-hmm. knock him out. So that should be interesting. Yeah, indeed. Um, we're not going to go into this Musasi Hall fight. We've seen it before. Just. I I think Musashi probably win this time. I actually like it. It's like not a bad fight, but like you know, who cares really? Like to be honest, you know. <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't be the main yeah. event, but it's a, it's a good fight. Yeah, I think Musashi will take him down and win this time. I think I think Hall's not long for the UFC. To be honest, I think you know we had great hopes for him as like a prospect. Was he going to improve? And he just never has. To be honest, uh, I don't know. It's I don't think it's ever going to happen for him. Um. I think Musashi will take him down and, and maybe maybe finish him or over five rounds, yeah, I think he probably will finish him. How'd you how'd you see it finishing? Um sorry, I got distracted there by PT Ringham. You could say that again. You um Hala Musassi? What do you think the win? Oh yeah, I go Musassi. I think he I think he knows after the the first fight not to be messing around on the on the feet with Uriah Hall and there's a f- blueprint there to beat Uriah Hall, like uh Rafa Natal and Gastelum and they, a few guys have done it, so I think Masasi will. He's got good takedown. He's got good top control. I think he'll do that. He'll take him down over five rounds. He might even put him away due to TKO. Yeah, or one of the decision. Cool. Right. Um, we we'll get into a few questions just before we do that. <coughs> just let me give a shout out to rosnutrition.com, our sponsors. You can get twenty five percent off your first order over there with the promo code Severe MMA. Um, they have all the best. You know, I spoke about it to start the podcast. All the best uh, uh, nutrients. All the best. Uh, protein, all the good stuff like that, vitamins, BCAAs, everything like that. You'll get a, a all orders over twenty five uh, euro. You get a free gift, and you can have new shakers now. They have two new types of shakers. You can get one of them. Head on over rosnutrition.com. Promo code severe and may twenty five percent off. Help us, help you. Boom, Graham. A few questions. Mm-hmm. Our best friend of the podcast, Mister Podge. Uh, has a couple of quick ones. We'll go. We'll go through them quick. Rematch for Woodley, Woodley and Thompson. Yes or no? Yeah. I think. I think there won't be. Um, what do I think? It should happen, or I think it will happen. Uh, I, yeah. Both. Um, I think. It, I think. It, I think it should. Um, do I think it should actually? I don't know. Um, I feel bad for Maya. Um, let's say. Let's say it should happen, and it will happen. Uh, I think it should happen. I don't think it will happen. Uh, Mr. Baj also asks, will Connor defend his featherweight title next, even if it's just a Vite Habib? No, Connor's not trying to avoid Khabib. Connor <laughs> thinks he can beat everybody. He always has, even before he's in the UFC. It's, fighters don't think like that. Khabib thinks he can beat Connor. Connor thinks he can beat Khabib. Eddie thought he could beat Connor. These these guys don't think like that. They don't think like normal people. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree. But I think there's something in I don't know why I kind of got it from him on, on Saturday night that there's something that he wants to go down and uh, and fight in 45 again. He just, you know, because if he leaves it any longer, they are going to take the belt away from him and I think he wants to wants to keep the belt. So I think a good way to know. bait Connor into it, it maybe would be to say, oh, I don't think he can make it anymore. And Connor's like, oh yeah, you think I can't make it anymore? <laughs> <laughs> that might be the way to get him there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Gavin Spring, it for in the podcast as well, asks, has Connor had the two most dominant title fight wins in the history of the UFC as a challenger? As a challenger? Um, I, I think Dillashaw against... Uh, yeah, that was, Burrow, that was very well. dominant, yeah. Like, obviously, the Aldo fight. Cruz is the real champion all along, though. That is true. Opinion. 
Um, yeah, I think Connor does actually. I think yeah. Like, nothing springs to mind, mm-hmm. but I'll probably get corrected on Twitter. What about um Kane against JDS the second time, where Kane just destroyed him for five rounds? Well, he fell at his feet for half a round as well, though, trying to take him down. I suppose, yeah. It wasn't quite yeah. as dominant. I think it's up. To, it's between Dillashaw and and uh, and McGregor, to, to be honest. Um. Okay. Next question. Uh, did you? Well, what about Bisping? Bisping and Rocco. Bisping and Rocco. Yeah. Although Bisping was getting chewed up until he, until he won that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Gary Givlin asks, can McGregor top UFC two hundred five, or is that as good as it gets? Um, I don't know. I I, I definitely wouldn't doubt that Connor could top yeah. this. I, I think I'll talk about. It. <laughs> I don't know how. Didn't used to say no, but like if he gets to Croke Park, yeah, I can't think of how he would, but I suppose Croke Park would. But I don't. See, uh, that's the residents of this don't see that happening. But uh, I'm just gonna say yeah because it's Connor. Uh, Keanu O'Connor last friend in the pack as well. Was this McGregor's most dominant performance ever? Um, in the UFC, no, ever anywhere. Well, I suppose in the UFC, yeah. In the UFC. You're not going to go in four seconds before, and sure. but I suppose um, that's not dominant either. Like it's just quick. I suppose we're not. Ah, it's it's completely dominant. It, yeah, but this is different. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't say he dominated yeah. Jose Aldo like you say oh, he knocked him out. Clean. Well, you would. Yeah, you, you would. You could even say he handed infinite times the leg kicks on Aldo. <laughs> Here's <laughs> some man. It, it is fairness. John Minton asked for in the podcast. So I go, man, uh, was Joanna versus Carlina the Rory Lawler or the Griffin Bonner of women's strawweight division? Mm, no. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I think people overestimate. I think Clary Gadella against Joanna was better. I fight. agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Aaron Farrell asks, where does McGregor's win last night or whenever it was Saturday night ranking a rank against other Irish sporting achievements? I was thinking about this one today. You know, it's it's definitely up there. I think like people are talking about he's the greatest Irish sportsman ever. I don't know. I think Henry Shefflin ten on Ireland's has to be has to be up there. Patrick Harrington is a good few majors. Yeah, but still, I don't care. It's it's still it's but even Cristiano Ireland. Ronaldo can't wait to go meet a world champion like Conor McGregor. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't. I still think it's an unbelievable sporting achievement. Like the ten All Irelands, like it's fucking. Oh dude. yeah, it definitely. Like is. Um, Roy Keane, two Champions Leagues. Roy like, Keane, yeah, Champions Leagues, yeah. yeah. Or one Champions League, sorry. Provincial, like, provincial yeah. leagues. I wonder if you count them. Um, <laughs> a Liverpool fan, yeah. I know you don't. Yeah. We lost count on how many Liverpool had and just gave up on them. Um, <laughs> One less than many. Like, <laughs> it's, the, yeah. it's, uh, it, it's definitely up there, though, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think Connor uh, is the greatest ever Irish athlete. Do you? Full stop. Uh, I got, I'd put Henry Shefflin above him and I'd put, uh, put Raikin above him as well, but I think he's top five, definitely. Um, does Conor performance against Alvarez demonstrate what would have happened to Aldo if it hadn't if he had knocked him out early? That's from Tom McCarthy. I uh, know it's a different. Uh, it's hard to say that there are yeah. different styles of fighters. Um, no, I don't think it would have. Yeah. Um, John Minton asks again: Do you think we'll see more fighters reti- fighters retiring early to go to Hollywood? Maybe like GSP, um, uh, as well as Ronda and, and Randy have obviously had film roles as well. Um, 
Um, I think did, you have to have power roles like that, like Bisbing has in this. Um, yeah. I don't know, like uh, Gina Carano, like they tried to do Gina Carano. She had to, her whole part apparently had to be overdubbed with a voice actor. Like you know, it's 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 a whole different it's a whole different expertise yeah. set of skills. Like um, I see Paige doing it maybe. I'd say some will because obviously there's there's more fighters than ever, so there's obviously going to be a if the, even if the percentage was to say the same of fighters going to acting, it would increase the numbers would increase, but I don't see a big influx anyway. Yeah. Will Martin ask? Um, do do you see any way that Michael? How do you see Michael Bisping making a competitive against Yoel Romero, and who are you picking to win? Well, he has to obviously uh, get on his bike, move around, um, keep the jab in Yoel's face. Um, was it Derek Brunson who hit hit Yoel with a big head kick and allegedly made him shit himself? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, if Bisping can keep him on the outside, get him rushing in and kick him in the head, like. Uh, it's a tough fight for Bisping to win, but Bisping's been proving a lot of people wrong recently. So, yeah, and Yoel is like forty years old as well. So, um, it's a tough one for Bisping to win. It's a, yeah. it's a tough style. It's a tough style. It's a tough style for anybody that like Romero is so quick when he decides yeah. to go. When he decides he wants to take down, he he's so quick. When he decides he's going to throw a strike, he he so he's he's just so fast. His acceleration off the mark is, is unbelievable. I could see Bisping winning a five-round decision, but it's going to be very hard to to avoid Romero for five rounds. Bisping is known to get dropped as well yeah. in most of his fights. Like it's, it's, maybe if he could get dropped early by Yoel, Yoel would gas himself out a bit trying to finish him, and Bisping could use his supreme cardio to to outlast him over five. Maybe that's probably the most likely victory. Yeah, I think we both pick Yoel, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you, uh, Kevin Finn ask, if Ronda comes back and loses, do you think she retires from the UFC? Um. Um. She probably does retire, even if she, even if she comes back, she'll probably retire. Maybe. Like now, all these fake retirements—they always happen. Yeah, that is true. Okay, last two. Uh, Patrick Sheehan asks, "Uh, was Connor's who the fuck is that? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Was Connor's performance uh, against uh, Alvarez the best boxing performance we've ever seen in the UFC?" Um, it's tough like uh, GSP put a 25 minutes of jabs into Josh Koscheck's eye before it was pretty uh, pretty impressive yeah um, that's actually a good point yeah. um, it's so hard to think of, of so many of so many fights um, it's definitely up there it's it's got to be top three at least uh, Anderson Silva was never the, he was good with his hands yeah. but it was never his his Speciality. I think JDS has um, a few good ones as well. You know, yeah, Steep was yeah, good. Yeah, the one where he knocked out, knocked out Fabrizio over Doom, like when he yeah. on his UFC debut, that was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, it's, it's up there, though. It's definitely up there, though. I think I think Connor is. Uh, um, I think uh, I think Connor's left hand is probably the best boxing st- or the best uh, boxing strike in the UFC. It's if you know what I mean, the best yeah. weapon. Boxing tool in the UFC. I agree. I agree. Uh, last one. So we have a couple there from M. McLean, Bryce, Age, Coat, and Pod as well. All kind of asking about Tyron Woodley. Do you think whether it's Woodley or uh, whoever, wonder by whoever, Maya, whoever it's going to be? Do you think McGregor will ever go up to one seventy and try to try to win that belt? Yeah, I think he will. If uh, I think he'll go up and try to win it if he if he gets through like Khabib and, and Ferguson. 
gets through the the, the people who deserve title shots. Yeah. It's, uh, he likes a challenge. Like he's not just gonna he's not gonna want to fight all the same guys again that he's already fought before. I think I think he um I think he I think he probably will move to welterweight at some stage. Like John Cavanaugh did an interview with PT for Severe a few years ago, saying that Connor was he thinks Connor could be the first three weight champion. So like they've been looking at they have, this isn't just new. This is they've been looking at this for a while, thinking thinking about this uh, second belt and even thinking about a third belt. Yeah. And Connor's an absolute madman, so I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't rule it out at all. And if I had to bet, I'd probably say he will try and move up again. Here's the the dream scenario for him, right? GSP comes back, takes on Tyron Woodley, beats Tyron Woodley, wins the belt back, then fights McGregor in another super fight for the welterweight belt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> three million buys there. <laughs> I suppose that's a good way to end the fight dream like that. Um, yeah. So, how did you enjoy your your first podcast? Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I don't know. I think I thought it was good. The worst thing about it was putting up at you for an hour and a half. But... <laughs> Uh, could be worse. Anyway, everyone, yeah, let us worse. know. Um, let us know what you thought of us. Let us know uh, what, any improvements you want us to make or any changes or anything. Um, we're going to be back next week. Obviously, shout out to Aros Nutrition again. Twenty five percent off promo code Severe MMA. You can find Graham over on Twitter at uh, at Severe MMA. You can find me at Shanchi NBA. You can find all the lads Ryan O'Connor's over. You can find Pete at Pete Carroll and Niall at Niall McGrath for. Uh, at Severe Pod as well. Send us in questions. You can send us in questions all week to at Severe Pod and uh, we'll have them for next week's show. Follow us on Facebook as well. I'm at Chanchi MMA. I think it's Severe Com, isn't it? The Facebook page? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So get on over there. Give us a follow. Um, and uh, any any parting words, Graham, before we go? Um, if you still haven't got a t shirt, there's only a few left. So get over to SevereMay.com and buy yourself a t shirt before they're all gone in your size merchandise yeah and thanks everyone as well for all the support this week you know we had a lot of stuff on on the uh on the website and stuff and it was very very well supported and my big breakdown and stuff sorry for spoiling the fight by telling you exactly how to go and stuff <laughs> but uh fair play um anyway thanks graham thanks for coming on helping us out and uh we'll see you next tuesday